So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. An Everyday Connection production. There are infinite possibilities in technology. This program, Infinite Possibilities, will take a look at things that will be possible in the future and make them possible now. In the last 120 years, man has gone from a motorized flight of just a few hundred feet to sending probes out of the solar system. All of this done because of ideas. The world is filled with infinite possibilities, and this program will work to make the impossible possible. We invite your thoughts on Facebook at carl.sheldon2 at facebook.com. Email us at carl1943 at comcast.net. And be a part of the show by calling 805-243-1318. That's 805-243-1318. All it takes is an idea to reach infinite possibilities. And now, your host of Infinite Possibilities, Carl Sheldon. Welcome, everybody. I'm not Carl. I'm Rick, producer and uh, uh, somewhat co-host with uh, Carl. Uh, sadly, Carl is experiencing a really devastating uh, electrical storm and has lost all power at uh, Scotty's lab. So um, hopefully that will rectify itself quickly. Uh, I have an eye on the Skype to see if when he comes back online, I'll pipe him in. Um, until then, what what is Infinite Possibilities about? Well, Carl Sheldon is a engineer uh, and... Uh, Inventor, uh, scientist, uh, he's designed equipment for Fortune 500 clients like United Airlines, Exxon, Mobil, Getty, the U.S. Air Force. Uh, and his focus now that he's quote-unquote retired, because retired and rocking in a chair and waiting to fade away is not for Carl. He's um, uh, one of the things that he did co commercially in his career was develop uh, crystals that are used in uh, electron microscopes and uh, as emitters. And so he is used to the crystal technology that he's familiar with to cover electrodes in an HHO or uh, a hydrogen-oxygen producer, separates water to hydrogen-oxygen. Um, and he's coated one of the electrodes with these crystals and has vastly increased the efficiency, decreased the power draw, um, and, uh, and, and, and a huge volume. It actually generates a vortex inside of a beaker when it runs. Uh, it's an amazing thing to see. Um, I'm being a very bad radio host. I'm saying um a lot. It's because I'm expecting. He expected Carl to be here, and I'm a little off my game, so you all forgive me. Um, just a quick uh, shout-out about uh, uh, Everyday Connection this week, uh, because we do have two shows coming up for Everyday Connection, and then hopefully next week we'll have uh, Mama on. Uh, we have Dana Merkich tomorrow night. Dana is the author of uh, a new chapter. Uh, she's a 
channel and an intuitive and uh, uh, has been with us before is going to come back because we ran out of time to answer everybody's questions. And then on Thursday, we're going to have Eris Lynn Jaden, also known as Eris Raya, uh, psychic intuitive. Uh, she does readings, uh, uh, psychic readings, card readings, uh, intuitive readings. Uh, and she's going to be talking about the services that she's got and then doing some readings for folks on the air. So uh, I know a lot of our fans love the uh, online mini readings, the uh, on-the-air mini readings. If if you're up for that, please join us Thursday. All right. Well, I don't see Carl back on yet, so I'm going to uh, play a little music. I'll uh, try to keep the links in there as to what we're uh, what we're playing and from whom. Uh, we'll start out with uh, we'll start out with Jordan Okren and limitations. We'll be right back, hopefully, with Carl, folks. Stay with us. Thank 
still in the dark, so uh, we're just going to continue on. Uh, I'll come in every once in a while, and as soon as I have some news about Carl coming back on, we'll get to it.
everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family. Stop. 
Humans sit now on the edge of where they need to be to create for themselves a new reality, a new way of life, a new world. Thanks to the technological advancements they have made, they now have the ability of mass communication and intercontinental travel. Information is flying across oceans. Knowledge is being passed at a rate unseen before on planet Earth. Truths are being revealed and ancient wisdom shared. Concern is being shown not just for themselves or for their own families, but for other humans around the globe, for animals and all creatures residing on Earth, and, for miraculously enough, the very Earth herself. Awareness spreads, and in that movement to become aware, the possibility arises for a new age, an age filled with music, art, and laughter, an age of light and love. A time when humans of your world will choose to walk away from the technologies you have come to rely on and all the things you have created and convinced yourselves that you need. In time, a door will inevitably open, as this world and the new world created will for a time be connected in one. The choice will be given for those who are aware to walk through the door into a new glorious place where thought will become the new language and needs will simply be fulfilled. Yes, we fear that some of you may be left behind, but in this place it is not perhaps for all to be saved and not for you or us to choose who. That choice, as always, is their choice, and it cannot be forced on those who wish not to see. Freedom of self is an option. By its very nature, freedom must be fought for, wanted, and desired. If freedom is forced, it no longer can be called freedom. The time will come when enough of the people living on Earth will realize their potential, when a large enough part of the population will acknowledge and accept their power, when the power they possess is no longer needed to control and care for others, but is simply used to control and care for oneself. In that time, there will be an opportunity for the human race to break free of the lives they are now living and embark on an adventure of space and time unlike anything else this world has ever witnessed before this time comes. Humans and non-humans alike will have much yet to learn about themselves and each other. So we wait, unconcerned for the future to come as we know that the present is as it is meant to be. Acceptance of this fact is vital. It is in the now that you must be, the now that you must live, the now that you must embrace. Learn the things your now is offering to teach you so that you become one with the now you are in. And as you are lost in the now, it will flow freely and surely into the future. And you, flowing freely with it, will find yourself in the now of tomorrow, unscathed by the journey.
All right. That was David Swarup. And before that, we had Dana Harmon with Come Go With Me. And now we're going to listen to some Earth Prayer from Enabi. And I still have my eye on Carl's Skype status. As soon as he comes in, we'll bring him on. Again, this is Enabi with Earth Prayer. Part of Enavi's Earth Prayer, I uh, interrupted her because Carl is back with us. The lights are on. <laughs> We're so glad. Thank you. Well, I made a couple announcements. We played some music. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, enjoyed that. And uh, uh, so, with the uh, inaugural episode of Infinite Possibilities with Carl Sheldon, why don't uh, Why don't you tell us again? I know you did on on the Everyday Connection radio show, but tell us again who is Carl Sheldon and 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 what in the world do you do with yourself? Well, I've been an engineer for over forty years. 
uh, R&D, yeah, background heavy in physics, chemistry, electronics, machining, uh, you name it. I've done it. I've worked for uh, recovering gasoline oil from big oil companies with spill oil. I've done some things for the Star Trek group, uh, special effects for their aftermarket uh, uh, programs, and I've uh, done it for other sci-fi groups. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've founded like five or six companies uh, total. We have four up and running right now. Uh, one's an energy company, which we're very close to solving the energy problem. Uh, the second one is a, uh, a therapeutic device that I've made myself after discovering uh, uh, getting messages from telepathy from ET when I was having a, two years ago, a, a rash and like Michael J. Fox and, uh, and I had Parkinson's. I went to the lab and made this device. It looks like a hand phaser. It's electromagnetic, put it on my forehead. Next day, I threw out all the pills and all the, all the reaction had stopped. And it's also helping people with arthritis helps people with uh, nausea and headaches as well as other pains that you don't have to take medicine for. One of the and the uh, another company that we're getting ready to launch is a, an app based on hieroglyphics I had seen in front of my eyes standing outside after I was raking and taking a break. Uh, these this mist came down through the trees and this hieroglyphics like the ticker tape uh, showed these alien graphics uh, images. Uh, they're purplish pink color. And uh, I, I try to remember the symbols. And so I ran, ran in the house and got something and get it to, to write down what I saw, and it vanished. Uh, and lately, uh, what's been happening is that when I pull my car up to the house, and it's only only exclusive to this house, uh, I don't know why. My my friend who's been in radio for 45 years or 35 years can't figure it out. And I go around the house with the car. I get this constant. I move the car away from the house and it stops. So it's directly over my house, and I haven't a clue as to where it's coming from, why it's over my house only, because I can't hear it in any other place. And and that's that to me is very strange. Uh, strange to a certain degree fact that I'm getting telepathy uh, in terms of all the work that I've been doing in energy and so that I can help the people on this planet to, to uh, lessen the effect of uh, these the 2% at the top is trying to control everything. Uh, that's that's why I do what I do. I have the, uh, the, the knowledge and abilities to do this. I don't have all the answers, but I will get the answers. And so if uh, people have questions about certain energy devices, such as cold fusion, 
the ECAT process, uh, the HHO system, uh, and uh, just the uh, energy in general, what uh, Tesla was talking about, feel free to call me or to write to me. Uh, my email is carl, lowercase, 1943 at comcast.net. And you can get me on uh, Facebook, Carl Sheldon, carl.sheldon2 uh, at, at, at facebook.com. Um, so, either way, uh, and I'm, I'm planning to uh, have a lot of demonstrations. I'm planning to shoot a documentary so that people can see uh, what I'm talking about is real. And uh, I've, I've been asked by many on Facebook who have looked at uh, YouTube and they see some startling uh, results from people putting up their videos, and then they asked me, Carl, is this real? I said, I don't know, but I'll check it out. I will try to duplicate what they've done to verify to you, yes, yes, in fact, it does work. So here are the plans. Go ahead and make it yourself. Let's all become self-sufficient. Let's not wait around for the government to do anything because they're not going to do anything. We'll be waiting a long time. If we, okay. if we try that. That's right. That's right. And um, this is a an excellent opportunity, folks. If you've got an idea of something that you think that works and will work, um, whether it's you know come to you in a in, in a dream in a vision, uh, you're a budding engineer. You've been an engineer for years. Here's uh, Carl offering to you know look at your material and if it looks promising, try to duplicate the results to verify it for you so that you'll have public verification from a, uh, a well-experienced uh, engineer who, you know, an inventor who has worked for uh, many major Fortune 500 companies uh, over the years. Uh, that would be a strong uh, validation of your work that you could take forward with you. And, uh, uh, and, and it's quite an offer. Uh, I would I would imagine that there's plenty of labs out there that would be happy to try to duplicate something for you, but they'd probably want a bazillion dollars. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you know, uh, we we have a website. It's called Scotty's Engineering. Because the fact that I have such a strong resemblance, I've changed Duin, and uh, even his son, his oldest son, Christopher Duin, is in his fifties. He is now doing a uh, Star Trek show out of Georgia, which is down the borderline of Florida, with the, the Farragut group. Uh, and he and I are good friends. And he called me and he sent an email, says, Carl, you look like my dad. You even sound like my dad. <laughs> he says, so the studio might want me to do a cameo down there. <laughs> I'll have to go down. So when you go to my Facebook, yeah, you see images of me of Scotty. I dyed my hair, but that, that was a big mistake. And let the hair fall out. I'm gray hair, so I got some new images I'm going to be putting up soon. But uh, uh, we haven't put any products up because uh, I want some serious products to put up that people will. Uh, it's not a novelty, but it's something that 
that can help them uh, uh, on their way to solving their the problems they want to solve. Now, one thing I do give advice out is prior to going to any attorney, why spend an arm and a leg? I'm going to give you the actual clue to how to protect yourself. And all you need to do is you write down and draw at every paper you have you have writings about what you're explaining, what you're doing, and you have drawn pictures. You stamp, you put your name, you put your address, you put the date, you get a stamp that's marked confidential and red, stamp every single page, and then you get another stamp made called common law copyright. And then you put another copyright on it with a C circle, and then on top of that, then you take all these papers, bring it up to the local municipality, and have it notarized. And that's the first line of defense for protecting you uh, from, from any, any of the thieves that want to steal. So, and then you set up a, a simple non-disclosure agreement. Anybody wants to talk about your product, they have to sign a non-disclosure, non-competitive agreement. Don't do anything unless that is done. I have corporate members in my company that protect me tooth and nail, and they keep pounding that into my head say, uh, we will take care of that. If no one's going to get biased. They're going to have to answer. We will rake them over the coals until we can find the truth of who are behind the people who are, are talking about wanting to be partners or they want to put up money. They think it's a great idea. Let us help take it to the marketplace. They have to prove to my partners they got the they got the clout that they have the 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 same uh, philosophy to help the people on this planet and not be greedy. So though that's the most important thing to start off when you're an inventor or doing any design work, whether it's in the field of physics or chemistry or whatever. It's a good. Um... That's a good tactic because there's there's a lot of people that you know buy off on the rumor of put in an envelope and mail it to yourself, and the postmark will serve. And sometimes those have been taken apart in court. Um, but uh, a notarized, which would include the date that it was notarized, of course, uh, document uh, that's marked and claims the copyright because copyright is one of those odd things. It legally a copyright exists the moment you create whatever it is. And um, but somehow, if if it ever gets taken to court, you've got to prove when that was, and who that was, and how that was, and and what you've described would be airtight evidence that you did it and did it at a certain date and and uh, had it witnessed. And you could have a you're going to have a, a witness. Uh, anybody be a witness on top of that. The other factor is that I was told by a brilliant attorney whose brother was a brilliant patent attorney in Washington, and this attorney was telling me, Carl, stamp everything with a also a common law copyright, and his brother got upset with him, said, why did you tell those people that? You know, uh, they, because that that's something that's very valuable, and they, they, the patent attorneys really don't want you to know. 
but it's it is worth stamping that on it along with confidentiality. It's confidential. And right, because that that's what I'm talking about. The common law copyright is what exists. For example, a written work, the minute you write it down and, and finish writing it down, there it is. It's now common law copywritten, but you to to be enforceable, you have to claim that common law copyright. And uh, uh, I guess it's one of those things. Lawyers want to know that you know what you're talking about. Otherwise, they'll come at you. Right. Lawyers do that. Some lawyers do that. I know some. I have some friends that are attorneys, and they're really quite ethical and responsible about what they do. But there are some attorneys out there that will. It's bad apple on every tree, you know. Sure, absolutely. And uh, we've we've seen an epidemic of patent trolls. They call them, uh, and 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 others, and 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 even the big companies, Apple and Samsung and Microsoft. They're all attacking each other over patents. Right. Well, you know, you know the story it, it, goes, impeding innovation in my eyes. Oh, absolutely. You know the story of Lieutenant Colonel Carso. He uh, was authorized by his general to be one of the first officers uh, to go into the crashed alien spacecraft at Roswell, and he came out uh, with technology that he found inside uh, that the the alien uh, subjects were wearing, and he saw all kinds of things and took them with him and had drawings made up out of them. And uh, then he was ordered by the Air Force to issue the items to the industrial complex and asked and told them to have the industrial complex to patent them as if they created these products. And, and first of all, you had the laser. Then you had fiber optics. And then, uh, then they had these heat shields. And then, uh, and then, you know, they, uh, they just held a conference, uh, uh, a year ago in Washington, D.C. We're talking about top officers from, uh, SAC bases or, yeah, missile bases. And talking about uh, being called above above ground to witness a UFO going over each silo, not only in the United States but in Russia and in in, in the uh, the UK, going over each silo and dearming each nuclear weapon. And then the other people had uh, retired and had worked at Area 51, so they have cataloged over. About fifty-two different species. I'm sure that it's I'm sure that it's true, and I have heard from both uh, military personnel and also from uh, Bashar, who is a, uh, uh, presents himself as an ET that's channeled through Daryl Anka, uh, that the uh, the ETs have made clear on multiple occasions that they would have no difficulty in stopping. A nuclear holocaust and would indeed do so um, that you know a limited you know a bomb somewhere is not something they would get involved with but that a large enough nuclear exchange could uh, rip some of the fabric of space in the area and, and, and therefore affect other civilizations and their ability to navigate and that sort of thing and so they that they they won't allow us to do 
No, they're here. There, there are benevolent PCs uh, uh, out there. There may be some bad guys out there that uh, we're being protected from. Uh, however, uh, uh, for the most part, they're trying to help this planet uh, survive because as it's been explained and it's common sense, if you study the history and the geology and it, and uh, all the geological work has been done, um, we are part of the genetic uh, makeup of these uh, our space, what they call space brothers, uh, people, uh, extraterrestrials who have been here. Now, if you take extraterrestrials that landed way back uh, during uh, the Roman times, and they come down in the craft, well, they're going to think they're gods, even the Greeks. They're going to call them gods. What else are they going to call them? They, they, have a, they pick a name uh, for them because they, have, they don't know what they are. But yet they always point the same one. All the religions they go through, every single religion, and they all still point to the same thing, to the sky. That's, that's the heavens. They call it the heavens. And these angels, which are just alien Alien beings, they come down with helmets that are lit up, and that's why you see these people with a halo around their head, because that's what they saw, lights around the, the extraterrestrials. So they thought they were gods, and therefore they, anybody, anybody divine, they put a halo around. And, well, and, the, the, uh, the old adage that any sufficiently exa- uh, advanced technology would appear to be magic. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, to someone, I, I I I dare say you could just go back to 1850 and scoop somebody up, bring them to 2012, and set them down right next to an airport, and and they'll be running looking for a priest because they'll be concerned that these flying demons make noise and spit fire, and and that's the way they that's how I would describe them if I didn't know. I'd, I've seen jets. That's what they look like. They sometimes have fire coming out the back, particularly during takeoff, uh, and um, you know, so it would be easy to call that a fire demon from the sky, or that's right. Absolutely you know, right. In, in in biblical times, one uh, might even see a one of these spinning craft as a wheel within a wheel. That's right. And uh, because I believe that uh, that was Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I believe that saw Ezekiel. the wheel within a wheel, yeah. angels Ezekiel. coming down. Yeah. I, I think that was an extraterrestrial encounter. Oh, sure, absolutely, and the angels. The other term for angel is messengers. That's what they call. So people call them angels. Indigenous, and, uh, uh, indigenous American cultures talk about our star brethren. Star, star people, yeah. And, uh, and uh, they, the Mexicans talk about the our star brothers. And uh, just for example, during the Second World War, we went to one inhabited island where there were no white people there. It was only a native tribe that lived there. Well, during the war, we landed some of our, you know, DC-3s, and these people were frightened of this thing because they'd never seen anything come out of the sky. And but they 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 delivered food to these these natives. They delivered a lot of goods to the natives, and they kept delivering these uh, these goodies to the, the natives. And then, of course, the war ended, and then the planes took off and never came back. Well, 
this is I mean this is in modern day. They get they've gone back to that island and today there is a image of an airplane built out of sticks and sticks and whatever they could build it is a complete image of an airplane and they worship this thing and hoping this thing would come back because what it was doing is bringing them great things that they could enjoy. Yeah, and that if they, you know, built, built this icon and, and, and worship it and, and, and offer things to it, that maybe maybe it and the men inside will come back. That's right. Strange white men. And it, it's... Um, uh, it's amazing. That goes on today. That was That's still the natives of the day. Right. And, and uh, so, you know, if that can happen, you know, back then, people, you know, we're about three... We're about four clicks out of the cave right now. Yeah, you know? not so, very far. Not very far, no. Not in comparison to, but I think about 2% of the population are still in the cave, but they're controlling everything, and uh, all we have to do is shut the cave. Well, and, and, and two, we've got to think about, even science now is beginning to identify planets out there that seem to be in the habitable zone of their star that could have been so for a million years longer than earth oh yeah we so, I, during one of my dreams i had a uh, encounter that uh, said that showed me alien the aliens showed me the crafts and they i asked them where they were from they were from the k stars oh k stars i said what i woke up in the morning i remembered that k star so i went online to find out if it was uh, a k star was some kind of designation of a star. And in fact, there is. And NASA NASA always says, if, if there's life going to be coming, it's going to be coming from a K-star, which is an older star than ours, far older, and it lives far longer than our star. So, and if it has habitable planets, these people, the, the, the extraterrestrials have been around for millions of years and had they had time to evolve to a technology beyond our imagination. Because, like I say, you go back 150 years ago, just 150 years, we're not talking about 10,000 or anything, 150 years ago, uh, you know, you get back around 1850, 1860, no, no airplanes flying everywhere, cars zipping along at, you know, 70 miles an hour. It would literally blow their mind, and, oh, yeah. and they they might could make the they might could make the transition in their head because, you know, we call, we could call that a, a wagon, a powered self powered wagon. We could we could try to make some inroads with them, but right. you jump that now from a hundred years or one hundred and fifty years to ten thousand years to a hundred thousand to a million years. I don't think that you'd be able to. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure we'd be able to recognize what they call technology. They would, uh, they would uh, worship uh, us as gods. If if we were to take off and had the capability of interplanetary travel today, and we were to go to a, a planet that's, say, uh, it's in, a, in, a, in an era like the 1940s or the 30s or 20s, or even earlier than that, Back back when it was primitive, when they when the the humanoids were primitive or whatever, the, 
they were, the living beings. If we were to come down and land, they'd see that trap land, that would scare the hell out of them. And they, they, first of all, they would see the, if it's a, if it's a true sauce, it wouldn't have any planes coming out of it because it's a anti-gravity device. It would come down and be all lit up and, and, and then when people walk out of it and that the atmosphere wasn't quite conducive to what our needs were, we would be wearing a helmet which would have some lights on it and that'd be just a symbol like a halo around our, and we'd be worshipped as gods. Oh yeah, or or feared pretty big time. Oh know, yeah, absolutely. There there was the period where I'm quite sure that if, you know, some broad public landing had occurred that people would have just, you know, grabbed their some people would have run, some people would have grabbed their guns out of their closet, started shooting at them. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And uh uh you know, That's if different. I was There's no different than the, when the Mayflower came over here and when they first uh, supposedly discovered America, but the basic Indians, indigenous people that came over from uh, from over when the land masses were together, and they they were stranded here, they became the American Indians. Um, when they had set up a culture, and all of a sudden these ships arrived from Europe, well, and they have never seen swords. They have never seen all the garments they wore, the special shiny garments and all that. Those people are, you know, like almost worship. And but yet, what do they do? They they simply just uh, indulge themselves and uh, uh, and uh, over the Indians. Oh yeah, that's always been uh, Stephen Hawking's point about meeting an alien civilization. He said. At least in the history of our planet, when an advanced civilization meets a less advanced, the less advanced doesn't fare well. That's right. Well, in this case here, I think we will fare well because we are what we I, I believe we are called the child race of our alien friends who have been here for thousands and thousands of years just to see and watch over to see how we are progressing through life. You see also the fact that we're at a, being four clicks out of the cave and having the ability to discover the atomic bomb and the power of the nuclear nuclear device, they're, they're really questioning whether or not we have the wisdom to have such power in our hands. Yeah, if our technology outran our wisdom. That's right. And... Uh... But fortunately, I think we're turning the corner on that, and uh, we're just a couple of minutes past uh, 8 o'clock, so I suppose we'll bring this first adventure to a close. Um, Again, I've got links up in the the chat room, and we will be, uh, at least for the time being, archiving these uh, shows on Everyday Connection's website at everydayconnection.me, or find... uh, Find Carl at uh, facebook.com forward slash carl.sheldon2 or, of course, at scottysengineering.com. And you got to go to Scotty's Engineering or to our show page on Blog Talk just so you can see the picture of uh, Carl Pose uh, 
as if he's talking to the mouse and saying, "Hello, computer." <laughs> it's I, it, just that picture is a hoot. I'm telling you, it, I love it that. It is. It is. It's uh, when the doctor hand him, he stand up and he says, and the guy says, "How's the computer?" He says, "Hello, computer." <laughs> and then he and then he said, "Hello, computer." And then the doctor McCoy picks up the mouse and hands it to him, and he says, "Hello, computer." <laughs> and, the, and the guy just says, "Why don't you just use the keyboard?" And he says, "How quaint." Yes. Now, he cracks his knuckles and he does all this, you know, on a, on a primitive computer. How he got all that molecular structure is beyond me. But you know, that's Star Trek, so that's Hollywood. So they can. That's do Hollywood for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sufficiently unadvanced technology would also be difficult to use. That's. Uh, that's what these people are trying to figure out with their nuclear waste storage places. Is how do you warn somebody 100, 200, 1,000 years from now, 10,000 years from now? They won't be able to play CDs or probably, you know. Yeah. And well, uh, I think there's, you know, since it's a nuclear waste, it's got to be given up. Obviously, nuclear, nuclear energy of some kind. But that should be figured out by some brilliant young minds. How can we take, just like we recycle uh, plastic paper and recycle metal into new cars, how can we take this radiant energy or the energy coming from this and put it to good use as uh, producing electrical power without it harming human beings? Yep. And then, then, then we have uh, something again free energy for millions of years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always thought, you know, okay, they'll get this stuff. It's going to be radioactive for the next, you know, 100,000 years. Well, okay, put it, make energy out of it. Well, I, I know material that I that I handle, and it has a half-life. Half-life means is that's when it reaches a half-life, it's no longer radioactive. But the one I've got is 4.5 billion years. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll last a little while. Yeah. That's like those science guys that like to put up those articles about, you know, <laughs> oh, we're all going to barbecue to death. Yeah. Don't worry, true. it'll be 4.5 billion years from now. Well, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm not really worried about 10 years from now. I, yeah, you know. if you study, if study nature carefully and you study and learn about nature, what's going on around about you. You don't have to worry about a thing because work in harmony with nature and everything will work out. And every, everybody get together who runs this country, I'm talking about, like they say, captain is the captain of the ship, but without a crew, he has nothing to command. So the United States has nothing to command if all the people decided to boycott all the businesses. Yeah. It's people are figure I think people are starting to figure out the, their own power. So it's uh-huh. it's uh uh it's gonna be real interesting to see what they do with it. Anyway folks, uh Let's go. we have gone a little we have gone a little over time. Uh hopefully next week we'll have Carl with us right from the start. And uh uh We'll look forward to some of your calls for questions. Yeah, and, 
if they have any questions whatsoever about any of these uh, scientific uh, topics, by all means, uh, have them have them ask them because that that will uh, I'll do the best thing way I can answer them and uh, give them as much information that I have because I'm I'm I've got some amazing things in my lab that you you guys just would not believe. Well, and you've worked on you know growing exotic crystals for electron microscopes and you know some other minor projects. Yeah. Over the years. So uh, anyway, thanks for joining us, folks, and. Uh, Join us again next week. Uh, we hope you'll tune into Everyday Connection on Tuesday and Thursday, but uh, Carl and I will be back next Monday with Infinite Possibilities. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everyday connection think you might miss an episode no problem subscribe to our show on itunes by searching for everyday connection radio subscriptions are free just like your everyday connection ask the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.